You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to another Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Joe Hopkins, I'm Dave Griffiths. And after a, uh, let's just call it an inauspicious two-game road trip to start the season, well, you can finally uh, turn the page to the home schedule of the, uh, the Colts 2022 season as uh, the Chiefs come to town. On Sunday, Indianapolis, 1 p.m., broadcast locally, CBS 4. Blue Zone pregame show, 11.30 a.m., also CBS 4, of course. We'll preview the matchup with injury updates, keys to the game. We'll have some predictions. And uh, just by the way, my predictions have been stellar still this year. I'm, I'm just saying. They, they're, they're top-notch. So if you want to keep listening, uh, if you want to you know what's going to go on, just, just listen to me. I mean, Joe, Joe and Mike you're, are fine, too. You're... One zero oh, and one is that what it is? Um, yeah, one zero. Oh, well, yeah, that, that's one and one. Oh, 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 one and one. But you didn't pick a tie, so you're one and one. Okay, okay, okay. What Fine. are you, Joe? He is the leader of us three, though. Oh, yeah. I'm the last. I'm in last place because I took the Colts last. But I week. believe I, I'm one and one as well, right? Well, yes, but you're, I'm, you're, I'm, you're, I'm a better one and one <laughs> th- than you are. You're the, gonna ride that the, horse. The, the 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 selection committee has looked at my schedule and say that my strength of schedule is better than yours. So. So, yeah, that's where we are right now. We're talking about uh, how we're doing with picks. <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't have played weeks. Ball State for my one of my home games. Yeah, I guess, that's true. It'll count against mm-hmm. me. Yep. All right, let's uh, start with uh, the news for the week. And, and, and it's, a, it's a copious news segment, let me say, Joe, that you have put together. Congratulations on this uh, extensive list. Worked really hard on it. I can tell. Uh, the uh, number one of one of the uh, the news lists uh, for the week here as the Colts get ready to take on the Chiefs is that the T.Y. Hilton banner is down at Lucas Oil Stadium. T.Y. has left the building. He literally, quite literally, T.Y. has left the building. And a banner of Jonathan Taylor is up there taking its place right now. You can check out Mike Chappell's Twitter, at mchappell51, for a nice preview. I've been getting ribbed in the press room about this. I, I don't make a special trip by the stadium every day to f- check. <laughs> That is my normal route from Beach Grove. I take 65 North, 70 West to 465 North. So it's on my way, okay? Can yeah. we can we just accept that? I, I do, perfectly. Okay, that, sure. That's fine with me. I, I don't give you any ribbing in, in the press room. That's that's strictly everyone else right there. I know it. But, uh, but yeah, J- JT certainly uh, has earned his right alongside uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, it, it's It's been... He has been the playmaker of the past really year and a half and really down the stretch of the uh, the 2020, 2020, 2020 season as well. So um, he, he's up there. You, you got Quentin up there. You got Shaq up there. It, it, it's the Defo, I think. Right. And DeForest. It's guys, nobody that you would not expect. Everyone who has been proving themselves to be a playmaker in, here in Indianapolis and, uh, and some guys uh, in that mix that – have been extended here. All of them, I think, was the DeForest Buckner trade. Did they extend him actually? As they, mil, yep. Yeah, yeah, as they as they traded for him, and uh, Jonathan Taylor is certainly on on the way to that as well. Guys that the the team is invested in, and uh, and they believe in, want to make the core of the franchise. Um, so so there they go. Uh, Col- Colts could have used a little T. Y. Hilton uh, last week. Uh, in the absence of Michael Pittman Jr. or or any wide receiver uh, competent uh, to catch the ball or to make a play, or but but that did not happen. It just didn't. Um, you, you look at who, who was out there, and I, I know you guys dissected it plenty. We don't need to go too much in depth for last week because there there isn't that much depth to get to. To be perfectly it's honest, bad <laughs> exactly start start to finish. But but from the wide receiver perspective, like when your leading receiver had more 
OPIs than he had receptions. It's yeah. not a good day. No, it was, it was an awful day. Absolutely awful. And it kind of throws into light just one thing from the offseason that, that we were wary about and one move that like we were like, well, this, this might go well. If Chris Ballard and Frank Reich are correct, it might not go well. But, but early returns in the season ha- have not been kind to the Colts offseason as a whole. Um, we, we said that uh, lack of veteran receiver presence and lack of depth after Michael Pittman Jr. could be trouble, and it has been trouble. Um, we, we were talking about in the offseason about left tackle, saying, well, if Matt Pryor uh, works, then great. You found somebody, and you, you're really optimistic about his future. Uh, you'd have to worry about re-signing him in the offseason. That's great, but at the same time, it was there's a lot of unknown. And after him is a, a third-round rookie that you you – traded back you loved him so much you traded back to get him in the third round um so so that was it was it was trouble troubling like the other moves that you've made you brought in matt ryan hasn't worked out brought in unique Ngakwe, hasn't been productive so far brought in stefan gilmore and while he hasn't been bad he hasn't done anything overly special up there at cornerback um there, there have been instances there have been attempts there have been uh, opportunities is the word I was looking for, but but nothing nothing dramatic or spectacular has happened there for, for any of these guys. So Tight end. We talked on the way in. Yep, tight end. Tight end's another one. You, you lose Jack Doyle, a pillar of consistency, Jack Doyle. And, you, you know, Alec Ogletree gets hurt, and you, you figure from the preseason that they really wanted to feature him, but he still would have been a rookie anyway. I, I, I You can't just completely hang your hat on him have, having a dramatic impact on this team, and and the tight tight end has has not been good enough. Uh, Mo Ali Cox has not been a playmaker at all. Um, and and you look back to last year about Jonathan Taylor in the running game. How many of those runs were right behind a, a Jack Doyle? You let him go, and who's there is like kind of your lead blocker there. Who who knows? Like it, it, there's just a point right now, and and I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We're only two games into the season. And inside that locker room, what you have to do is you have to really circle the wagons to steal a phrase from the Buffalo Bills and and unite and come together and realize that there are only two games in, that so much can happen after this. And the Colts have had bad starts in the past, and they've come back to either contend or make the playoffs in the past. That's what the uh, the noise in the locker room is going to be. But the noise outside of the locker room right now is every bit of what it should be. Because there are reasons to be concerned about this Colts season because there have been reasons to be concerned, the same reasons, all summer that we have talked about. So it's not like these are surprising, chap, uh, that these issues are just coming out of thin air. They're ones that uh, even even we in the the lowly media have been able to to pick out and see, like, this might not be so good for the team this year, while the GM and the head coach have kind of uh, just brushed them to the side. Uh, we're at a point right now where you can't you can't totally brush things to the side. You have to address these issues head on if you want to become better at them or hide them if, in, in, in any way and figure out a, a scheme to uh, to be better than you've showed for these first two weeks of the season. Yeah, what we were talking about is there were all, all of the moves. I, I, normally, I don't say all, but almost all the moves that were made and not made have not worked. And, and you went you went through them, and normally you think well, if, if just one or two aren't quite what we expected as a team, we'll be all right. But when all of them haven't worked, and again, everyone, it was a consensus that the, that the receiver room wasn't good enough. And you take Pittman out and you see how much it's not good enough. And I, I, I've come to realize that 
the more the more deficient area is is tight end, it, it's worse than receiver, and we're banging on the receiver. So, but I wrote about it yesterday with all their issues until the offensive line asserts itself. I don't know how this team gets its act together, and I think it, in honesty, the first game at Houston, offensive line was 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 winnable. It, it, it played well enough. You know, well, they gave up seven hits. Well, they threw the ball 50-some times. You're going to get hit. Two sacks. And that was more just just inefficient. The, the wildcat blows up on them and then the missed field goal. And they just weren't efficient. But, they, you know, they had 517. This is what's crazy. The first two games, 517 or 18 yards, the eighth most – in, in, I think in Indy history in, since 84, and then 218, I think it was, at Jacksonville. It's like the seventh fewest since 2000. So, I mean, it's just crazy, the, the, the huge swing. Maybe this is a Jacksonville thing. Maybe it is. And, they, you know, styles make fights. Maybe Jacksonville's just got it. I don't know. And these guys will get tired of hearing it. But, like, I think it was Ryan Kelly said, if, if we don't figure it out, it was Quentin Nelson. If we don't figure it out, it'll happen again, and it'll happen when Jacksonville we meet up again. So, but almost everything that that they, that they did has not worked. It's only two games, and I realize they can get it turned around. But generally, you you would say you know it's oh one and one, but we've got this. We've got the offense is showing signs. The defense, but we're getting that to the quarterback. And there's nothing you can hang your you know you're on your second kicker. Already, so so it, there's nothing to say we're going to turn it around. Sunday against Kansas City, we'll see. Uh, the, you know, the last time they played these guys, they put them on them pretty good with Jacoby Brissett. So we'll see. It, that that's what's great about the league is, is things can change quickly. It's just hard looking at the first two games against two of your lesser so-called lesser opponents. You've not played well. When when Joe, you, you are struggling as a team, you ask your group that is supposed to be elite, that is supposed to be the best, to shoulder the load. The Colts have built, Chris Ballard has built this team around the trenches. Offensive line, defensive line, really offensive line in particular, I would argue, with a first-round pick at center, second-round pick on one edge, uh, a all-world, all-time payment at least, uh, left guard. Um, and, and in week two, uh, they, they did not carry their weight. I wrote about it after the game. Chap wrote about it already this week. Like I, You're kind of piling on the offensive line in a sense, but it's understandably so because if, if you want to give credit to the offensive line during those times when, when things are going well, uh, they, they deserve the blame when things are clearly uh, not going well from the offensive uh, standpoint. I think the offensive line will be the biggest key in turning this season around for the Colts. I mean, Mike, you mentioned how they were, I guess, acceptable against the Texans, but that's the Texans' defensive line, and it's not good. When you know, when when a what thirty-four-year-old Jerry Hughes is destroying you, that's not a good sign. And then they go to Jacksonville, who has multiple first-round picks coming at you on that defensive line. Josh Allen, line. by the way. Any Josh Allen on the Pretty other side good, of the huh? field is is not a good sign for, for you, right? Yeah, yeah, Josh Allen, and uh, I don't think Walker got to the quarterback, but he created havoc, and it's just 
for someone like Chris Ballard, who ignored wide receiver, I get they spent a second-round pick on wide receiver, but in my opinion, they basically ignored the position all offseason. And then say, my the DNA, what I do is invest in the trenches. Well, you lost two starters on that offensive line, and all you did was add a third-round pick. I get they have Kelly. Kelly has been disappointing. disappointing. Ballard didn't even draft Kelly. Uh, that was Grigson in 2016. Um, they got Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith in the same draft. But since then, I have not seen that kind of offensive line investment that Chris Ballard harps on and says that he believes in, and that's what he does. And it's shown that offensive line has gotten a little bit worse year after year following that great 2019 season where I believe the starters played every game together. There, Go ahead. Sorry. Um, I, I guess my final thought on the issue, and I do think they can still turn around. I do think they have talent on mm-hmm. the offensive line. But we we kind of talked about it in the offense. This team is basically built for, like, 1980s football. They want to pound the rock, rock, be built in the trenches, invest very little in their wide receivers. That's not how the game is played today anymore. Um, so I, I just think it's interesting. And when you start to lose, you start to question – um, the decision makers and what they're doing and what the plan is with this team. There is a reason that Mike Chappell called Anthony Costanzo his most indispensable Colt year after year after year after year. You can't hide a substandard left tackle. No, you can't. Can't do it. And right now they, they have one or two, as the case may be. And if, if you have zero, if you have two, you have zero uh, left tackles. That, how, how many teams rotate left tackles? Because they they want to. The list starts and ends, I think, with uh, your Indianapolis Colts. What What a cheery start to the podcast. I know. Hey, guys, welcome to another Colts Blue Zone podcast. Yeah, glad to have you along. What does Go ahead. Hope hope you've stuck with us this far. (laughs) If you want to keep going, we can talk about Carson Wentz and how he's better statistically in every category than Matt Ryan so far. I'm not going to do that yet. I'm going to wait until at least the quarter. Yeah, you're going to wait. I'm going to wait at least happens. at least until the quarter point of the season. Now, it would be way too. Don't worry, I've been bringing it up every early. Monday. There you go. There you go. What does Hancock Health's membership in the Mayo Clinic Care Network mean for you? It means our independent health network now has access to the knowledge and resources of the world leader in medicine. It means your Hancock Health doctor can now consult with Mayo Clinic specialists to confirm a diagnosis or treatment plan. And it means that together we're making health possible for you. Learn more about our new clinical collaboration at hancockregional.org front slash Mayo Clinic. The Colts host the Chiefs, home opener for the Horseshoe, Sunday 1 p.m. broadcast locally CBS 4, Blue Zone pregame show 1130 on CBS 4. Injury report for both teams. It is certainly not a light injury report for either side. Um, Lots of players on the list for both teams, lots of, you could call them indispensable players, on the list for both teams um, and starts with the Colts uh, did not participate in Wednesday's practice. One of those left tackles we were talking about Bernard Ryman with an ankle injury uh, was unable to suit up and go on Wednesday. Practice practicing today. Good news. So he is out there today. Chap uh, uh, scouring the Twitters for, uh, for the fine folks uh, who, who are out there right now. We have decided to, to forego our right to view 15 minutes of Colts practice to, uh, to come and, and chat here together uh, for you, for your benefit. Limited participant on Wednesday, Michael Pittman Jr. with his quad. Defensive tackle DeForest Buckner with his hip. Defensive end Unique Ngakwe with a back. Full participant in Wednesday's practice includes Shaquille Leonard with his back surgery. Linebacker Zaire Franklin, a shoulder injury. Wide receiver Alec Pierce still working through his concussion protocol, but encouraging to see a full participant. 
Defensive tackle Grover Stewart, shoulder injury. Safety Julian Blackman. Uh, do you know what Blackman was, Joe? Uh, I'm sorry. That's okay. You just your shoulder. Shoulder was another shoulder. Yeah, I think it was. So it was both Grover and Julian. Both had a shoulder dinged up. Um, from, from everyone on this list, chap, we actually got to talk to Pittman and Buckner and Shaq uh, today in the locker room. Uh, to, to Leonard's credit, he answers questions about his injury. He's just incredibly frustrated by it. It's very obvious. To I the can't fact, blame him. No, no, neither sure can I. Yeah, uh, to the fact that if somebody asks him about stopping Patrick Mahomes, he's like, oh, football question. And with the uh, tr- typical, with the uh, well-known Shaquille Leonard snark, which is fine again. Like, you're, you're allowed to, you're completely allowed to, to have that attitude toward it. Um, but, but at the same time, we're going to keep asking it because it's still an issue. It's still a storyline that Leonard has not suited up to play. And it was an off-season back surgery. Back surgery, for crying out loud. That, that's not light. We talk about, chap, a, a procedure. procedure. It was yeah. a procedure. Like, everything's a procedure. Like, they're trying to, to make things a, a seem lighter. But when, when you start talking about, oh, it's a little, little leg procedure, it's an arm procedure, a back procedure, or a neck procedure, that, that, that just seems to up the ante a little bit as to what's going on. Now, now Leonard could come back, and he'd be perfectly fine and and it would work and he'll be every bit uh, as what he was that's entirely possible but but until he is until he's taken the field chap we just have no earthly idea and, and again you sometimes people want to know why don't you ask this that's different we ask as many ways you can as you can with with Shaq and and he gives us what he can but he can't give us what we want right and I remember when we talked to uh Chris Ballard I think it was before the season uh Heading into the season, and he was pressed on this. He said, "He said, guy, you know, I don't know. Week one, week six. He said it's going to be one of those where you'll get there one day and he'll be active. He's talking on game day. So I just don't know that th- that we're going to get anything more than well. The next step will be that he's questionable, I guess, instead of being ruled instead out out on Friday. Yeah. Uh, so, but but it's frustrating and it's frustrating for him. He knows he can make a difference. Uh, I, you know, I." When we did our, our most indispensable Colts, I had Ngakwe for first and then or defensively. Right. Ngakwe and then Buckner and then Leonard, I think. Maybe maybe a, a corner. Maybe I just totally, totally undersold Leonard. And it wasn't meant to be that. It was just that you got a pass rusher, you got a three mm-hmm. technique and all that, but they need him. They need Do they need his juice? I don't know. Yeah. It, it's hard for me to believe that they – rely on one guy to give them juice, and I just don't see it. I, I just don't see a lot of flying around as much, and maybe that's just when you lose, nothing is right. Right. I'm maybe more interested in, in with, with Pittman and whether he plays. He was as bad as... He was loquacious as a stone. I was going to say, he wasn't evasive. He didn't answer questions. Yeah. You know, what happened with the injury? I'm not going to talk about injuries. Well, you know, how to, are you going to play this week? Uh, that, that's an injury question. Well, not really. Yeah. Then, then how do you practice? Well, I, I, I felt pretty good out there. He was limited. So we'll see. And goodness knows, he, he was number two on my list, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Number three on my list of indispensable Colts. And we saw why. They need yeah. him back. Desperately. You, you could make a very good argument that Pittman's number one, I think, in your most – and I think Kevin Bowen of 107.5, the fan, did in his. Like, he had a, a similar list that he did preseason – uh, if it's I'm not mistaken, it's, it's, it's it got to be the quarterback. It's just so I, I apologize, Kevin, if that wasn't you, but it was somebody. But it's almost got to be the quarterback. But but then we're quibbling. But non-quarterback yeah. category, right? 
I thought Taylor because of what what the Colts means. want to do with right. him. Like well, how they want but, to make but you him can't center. do what you want to do yeah. if you can't throw the ball. Right. So it, it's it just shows you again when, when things are like this, uh, and it's not like they're oh eleven and one. So there is plenty of time, but only if you can get these guy a couple of these guys healthy, and show some, give the fans to give an impatient fan base, which it should be, mm-hmm. like you said, this fan base has every right to rip this team mm-hmm. and to question the coach and to question the the uh, the GM. Mm-hmm. Someone got on me yesterday about well, this just shows that the owner's not in this to win. Uh, he, to me, he's the he's not culpable in this. I mean, he's. He just gave Quentin Nelson twenty million a year and sixty million guaranteed, and he signed off on the moves. Maybe what he should have done is been more persuasive in getting things done as far as personnel wise. But when it's like this, the general manager and the coach are in the crosshairs, and they deserve to be. Yep. Um, it, the worst thing that the fan base can can be is apathetic. And if they the, don't care, you're dead in the cert- water. They're certainly not that right now. No. And, and and that's good. That's good for the Colts that they have a fan base that cares. I'll, I'll tell you that because there there have been times in, in the past with different uh, teams that I've covered, not here, uh, that that have been that have reached that level. It uh, is so apathy. hard to get them back once you lose them. Yep. Um, what else do we want to talk about here? Alec Pierce, uh, with with a full participation, he can he can clear concussion protocol. I get the impression um, he's. He's okay. That close to going. He was out there working out pregame down in Jacksonville. I fe- have a feeling he was really close last week. He just couldn't do it. Remember, he didn't practice on Wednesday. Yeah. So it kind of put him a day behind. Right. I just think all the I think all they're waiting for now is the practice and then the asymptomatic and then have the independent neurologist clear you. Yeah. Um, so there, yeah, on the way there. So we'll keep our eyes out on Colts injuries throughout this week. Uh, DeForest Buckner says his hip is nothing, by the way, told us that uh, in the locker room. So as he's been kind of listed on injury reports in the past couple weeks, expect the same this week, expect him to play. That seems like it's what's going to be standard operating procedure, at least early in the season here uh, with Buckner. Um, looking at the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, follow us at Colts Blue Zone on Twitter. That's what I was going to say to uh, follow with uh, these injuries throughout the week. Updates from Thursdays and Fridays practice uh, will be retweeted and uh, certainly commented upon and, and all that jazz. Chiefs injuries this week uh, did not participate in Wednesday's practice. Kicker Harrison Butker. Uh, he missed last week, uh, but they uh, signed uh, a second year kicker. Uh, Matt, don't call me Danny Amendola. Uh, two for two last week for them. And heck, if you don't have him, you have their their safety. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, uh, Justin Reed. Justin Reed. I think you're right. Who's uh, who's making field goals, uh, left and right. So both both of Amendola's kicks were under 40 yards. So they were short kicks. But nevertheless, if you have the Chiefs' offense, they make them shorter kicks than longer kicks uh, more more times than not. Uh, also, defensive end Michael Dana out with a calf injury in Wednesday's practice. Limited on Wednesday, Miko Hardman, wide receiver with a heel. Limited Wednesday, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, wide receiver with a hip. Uh, two more wide receivers had full practice on Wednesday. Juju Smith-Schuster, shoulder injury. Wide receiver Justin Watson, chest injury. Also, Orlando Brown, their uh, left tackle with a knee injury. And guard Trey Smith with an ankle injury. So a couple guys that you're um, concerned about a little bit here and there, but uh, with uh, Butker is a is a real weapon at, at kicker. He can make yeah, 56, he's one of the best fifty eight yard field goals. Um, just w- one other aspect to that Chiefs offense that's scary. That even if they only make it to the thirty five, it's almost automatic three points anyway there. Um, but but when you look at their participation with uh, like uh, four wide receivers is a lot, Joe and uh, wide receiver this year is certainly a big question for 
um, for Kansas City. We'll probably talk about this a little bit more, but we can certainly touch on it now. With uh, with Tyreek Hill gone, um, they were certainly expecting or uh, hoping that some other guys could step up. Early on this season, they have, and it'd be certainly nice to have them healthy from, from their perspective, for sure. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure how major any of these injuries are. The one to watch, obviously, McCole Hardman and Aldis Scanling can beat you deep, so you got to account for them because they're dangerous. But after watching what Christian Kirk did to the Colts from the slot last week, I think Juju is kind of the guy. I like if I was, you know, going to put place a bet or talking fan, I think Juju Smith Schuster's in line for a pretty good week. Um, just looking at how this team defended slot receiver last week. Let's get into the Colts matchup with the Chiefs. One o'clock kickoff once again, broadcast locally on CBS Four. The last time, excuse me, the Colts played the Chiefs was 2019. They won 19 to 13 inside Arrowhead Stadium uh, with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, and that was the year Kansas City went on to win the Super Bowl. That was the um, uh, the Kamoko Ture game. Uh, that things had finally reached their peak. That Kamoko had, had achieved his uh, his ascendancy to pass rushing great. And Joe... And in the fourth uh, quarter, his ankle snaps. Exactly. Snapped right in half. Yeah. No, I, I remember that game pretty well. I had a few adult beverages and went online after the win and bought my run-the-damn-ball hat. Nice. Um, I was say, how well do you remember it then if you had your adult beverages? <laughs> well, you remember well, it enough. Well enough. Well enough. Um, yeah. it was. Uh, I was I was walking around the, around the house saying, Andrew who? And uh, I've come to regret those yes, statements. Yes, yes. Well, that's, that's, what, that's what happens uh, in the uh, in the brutal world that is the NFL. Like but said, I enjoyed the win. Yeah, you, you can... Uh, what, one thing that's very interesting about Patrick Mahomes, chap, is something that you've been tweeting about this week, and that is uh, the list of quarterbacks that have, have beat him. And the list is not a long one. He's something like 60 and 16 in his 16 career. 60 and 16, including playoffs. Including playoffs in his career as a starter. And of those 16 times that he has lost, there's a couple quarterbacks that have beaten him twice. Obviously, you play in the division. You play Brady, some of these Brady's teams. Brady's beaten him twice. I think Joe Burrow, has he beaten him twice? But, mm-hmm. but he beat the, him twice last year. Josh Allen, maybe. The, the, name, yeah, the names on that list are oh. elite quarterbacks. Most of them. Most of them. And then you get uh, to the, to the quote-unquote bottom tier, and uh, Ryan Tannehill and Jacoby Brissett are really that, that too. Um, and we'll throw Tannehill in there because... He, he's not on the level of Joe Burrow. He's not on the level of Tom Brady. He's just not. I think Justin Herbert was in that list last year. I want to respect what Tannehill has done with Tennessee over the past couple of years because he's led them to the playoffs. He led them to the number one seed in the AFC. But I, I, I'm not just not putting him in that category. Um, and, and even he would be a step above Jacoby Brissett because he has been a consistent starter in the NFL. Brissett is certainly the quote-unquote bottom tier of quarterbacks that have beaten the Chiefs. The, the Colts won that game, chap, because of defense. They won that game because they contained Mahomes. They won that game because they controlled the line of scrimmage, especially on defense. And that, that you, you see the recipe to beat a team like the Chiefs, but you just realize with his record, 60-16, and 16, with the quarterbacks that have beaten him, how hard it is to do that, especially when you have a quarterback who is not considered one of the elite QBs in the NFL. Well, again, it's you, 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 and we'll get to it a little bit later on here, but that, that's the pattern that most teams without the, the elite quarterback takes. You have, you have to control the ball. With, and what Marlon Mack have, 120-some yards or whatever it was? 132. Was it 132? Marlon. So, so, but again, if you're going to control the ball, then you got to score on your possessions. You just yep. can't. You know, I have a 12-play drive on either missed field goal or punt. So the Colts have they, – they've got the makeup to do it, although I, the, the defense has shown absolutely no 
no ability to this point to either contain him or to get pressure on him. But offensively, they can they can do what they need to do. But I just don't know if, if if everything else is in place to get everything else done. They have the makeup on paper. Like we came into right. the season thinking right. they had what it takes to win a game like this. And it's as a Colts fan growing up watching those Peyton Manning uh, years, it's the exact formula that teams would take against the Colts Correct. and Manning. L- limit possessions for Mahomes. And now it's just completely flipped for that's now how the Colts are trying to win games because they don't have that quarterback, that Manning, or that luck. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if the Colts can finally implement the kind of game plan and formula that we kind of went into the season expecting them to do uh, against one of the best teams in the NFL and with a winless record through two weeks. The Chiefs are not uh, 2-0 this season by accident. They've reached the AFC Championship four straight years. They came in once again with sky-high expectations this year, uh, and it very tough AFC West. Whenever people were talking about the AFC West this offseason, by the way, guys, and, and Joe, I'll direct this to you. Like, yes, the Raiders made the playoffs last year. Surprisingly, they had a ton of momentum at the end of the year. Uh, the, the Chargers are on the up with Herbert. You figured the Broncos were with Russell Wilson. They have yet to really take off. But every time that I heard this discussion, was, I was like, you know Mahomes is still in this division, right? You know the Chiefs are still in this division. I mean, I know it's going to be tough, tougher for them, but the, the road to the top of the AFC West and to really the AFC crown goes through Kansas City. They've been to the championship game four straight seasons. I remember when I was growing up and the Eagles were making this run, they didn't get the Super Bowl that year like the Chiefs already have, but it was four or five straight years in a row the Eagles made the NFC championship game. The, the path always went through them, no matter how better the Cowboys looked or how better the Giants looked. And it's the same thing right now with the Chiefs over there in the AFC. If you want to get to the top of that conference or the division and the conference, they're they're the guys that you have to knock off, and they've proven in the past that it's really difficult to do so, no matter who's lining up against them. Yeah, and, and they lost pieces. There's reasons, yep. you know, the media and people started questioning this. Team. It's they a good lost point. Tyreek Hill, who's one of the best, probably best five receivers in football. They lost uh, Tyron Matthew, who's a playmaking defensive back. Um, they lost one of their starting outside cornerbacks. Um, gosh, I'm blanking on his name right now. He signed with San Francisco. But um, they lost several important pieces to this team. But when you have Patrick Mahomes, when you have a good offensive line, you can still get a lot done. Yeah, I was going to say, that offense is still tied for second right now in points per game, better than 35 points per game through two weeks. Uh, they're fifth in total yards, 403, and perhaps most important, they're tied with the fewest turnovers with just one, contrary to the Colts, who have turned the ball over, I believe, five times this year, um, all of them courtesy of four Matt Ryan interceptions and one fumble, I think, that, that he lost. And I think he's fumbled the ball three or four more times than that, He's fumbled too. five times. Five times. There yeah. we go. Most five snaps. times. I, I, yeah, at least there, I didn't see any snap issues in week two. That was better. There you <laughs> and, go. And the place kicking was fine. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. place kicking didn't lose McLaughlin the game. was flawless. Exactly. It was perfect. There you go. Well, yeah, he, had, he had one kickoff. I think that was all he did, <laughs> it right? It was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was a good it was one. Beautiful. See, we, we it point stayed out, inbounds. We, we yeah. point out positives there. Yeah. De- defense for Kansas City certainly has not been... Uh, uh, let's it's just see. okay. Yeah, it's not the steel curtain by any stretch. They're 18th in points allowed. They're allowing 22.5 per game. They're 19th in yards allowed, 341 per game. Uh, they're averaging only 3.9 yards per carry. Every time you can keep a team below four, I think that's pretty good. Um, they have five sacks on the year. Uh, the Colts have three sacks, I believe, themselves. 
they only have one takeaway. So they vote. I mean, they only have one turnover on offense. They only have one takeaway on defense. Tied with these guys. Exactly. Tied with these guys right here with the Colts. Only one takeaway. But but when when you're in different positions, chap, you know, the Colts need more takeaways to be successful. The Chiefs don't need more takeaways to be successful because Mahomes is much more efficient. He scores a whole lot more on offense. You figure with Indianapolis, you need more opportunities to be as good of a team as the Chiefs are as a team that's going to be one of the more threatening teams in the conference. I remember when the Rams were the greatest show on turf with Mike Martz, they they routinely led the league in turnovers because they didn't care because they were they were going to be aggressive because they knew that they were going to make more plays than you could make. So that's why it's when we get to the keys, it, it's just, it, it, Mahomes is going to make plays because that's, yep. that's who he is. He's got I think touchdowns to six different receivers. So it, it's it's going to be tough what 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 they need to do, but. It's going to be fun to watch Mahomes. He he is just, and he's still young. He's a kind of, and it, it, when you go through this stretch, that's when people say also, they look around and they see the quarterbacks that you don't have. Well, these guys, you know, you look like last week with Trevor Lawrence. Wouldn't mind having Trevor Lawrence with a good coach because this kid can play. Whether he's elite, elite, I don't know, but he, you can build a franchise around him. So it's like you say, th- this is a tough thing to do. Primarily on Sunday, because I don't know how they get it done offensively, but that, that it's going to be curious to see how they. I don't see these guys getting in, in, into a shooting match with Casey. I just don't see that. So, but uh, Mahomes is going to be fun to watch. Joe, one of the remarkable things about Mahomes is uh, unlike the greatest show on turf, Rams, the chap mentioned a few minutes ago, even though he's a big play quarterback with a lot of big plays, he does not commit those turnovers, he does not throw the interceptions, takeaways. Um, he has zero interceptions this year, seven touchdowns. He completes 73 still percent of his passes, which is being aggressive. Being, I mean, there is some short stuff in there, but he's aggressive too. Quite a bit, quite a bit. So whenever you go up against him, it's not like you can count on some, uh, some faulty decisions. Like he has the, the weapons to get open and he has the arm to get him the ball wherever they are on the field. Yeah. And there's, there's been a lot of talk this week about Mahomes going up against Bradley's. Uh, defense and the single high safety and you look at obviously different players but you look at how Mahomes performed against Bradley's defense last year faced the Raiders twice the Chiefs put up over 40 points on both occasions I think one of the game they were helped out by a defensive touchdown but one of the games Mahomes 400 passing yards five touchdowns no picks the other game Mahomes was 20 of 24 for 250 yards two touchdowns no picks so um yeah, the Colts have their work cut out for them, and we knew this. I mean, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes has been a top three quarterback in the NFL for several years now. His top target is Travis Kelsey at tight end, and the Colts, at least in week one, certainly proved that uh, they were struggling to guard tight ends uh, with a pair of touchdowns from O.J. Howard, who was just picked up very late in, in the offseason or even the preseason. I forget exactly. Up like a week or two before the game. Yeah. He was just, he was one of the late 53 man roster cuts from the Bills. Yep. Got free twice in the secondary, caught touchdowns both times. Uh, and, uh, and Travis Kelsey is, uh, when you, when, if OJ Howard is here, Travis Kelsey, I know you're listening on a podcast. Your hands are you can't be far see apart. Me. Yes. <laughs> then, uh, Travis Kelsey is up here. So, uh, he's a first or second team all pro in six consecutive seasons. Leads the team with 13 catches through two games, 172 yards, a touchdown. 
And, uh, yeah, the Colts, uh, Joe, you point out right here, the Colts have allowed 12 catches, 114 yards, and two touchdowns to tight ends this season. So Ch- yeah. O.J. Howard and Evan Ingram and Dan Arnold. Evan Ingram didn't look too, too bad last week. Like, no, he, he didn't. Yeah, he, he looked just fine against the Colts secondary. So, yeah, Chap, Chap you got got to be able to stop some tight ends. Uh, and Travis Kelsey can do a lot of different things, too. If, if, if Mahomes can, can hit you short and hit you long, uh, Kelsey is just right there, too. He can do the short routes and move the chains like Jack Doyle always did so well for the Colts. He can beat you over the seam like uh, like what's his face did Eric Ebron did and, and, and gain big twenty yard thirty yard plays and, and there's are so many ways that a guy with his abilities can beat you. When you've got the people that Mahomes has, what what it does is it it, it, it exposes your your weak link. Yeah. And if you've got a weak link or two on defense, they're going to find it. Mm-hmm. And whether it's trying to match somebody up on on, on Travis Kelsey or whatever, I don't know, but they're, they're going to find what it is. And oh, by the way, if if you pay too much attention there, they'll, they'll sit there and they'll run run you for 130 yards. Mm-hmm. So it's it's this we knew like like you guys said that we knew this was going to be one of the one of the toughest tests all season, not yep. just early in the season. And you just wish they were, the Colts were coming with more juice than what they are. Yeah, that's it's one thing that, that the Colts really have struggled. If we focus in on just attacking the interior of the field, Joe, in the passing game, whether it's the slot, like we talked about earlier with Christian Kirk having a heck of a game, or it's the tight end. Uh, it hasn't quite been as much on the outside. I think that Gilmore and Faison is what we talked about earlier, saying that the uh, the offseason acquisitions haven't really worked. Um, I, I'm not saying that Gilmore and Faison haven't not worked, really. Like You're not seeing them getting burned deep left and right uh, at all. They've yeah. been okay. They haven't made any specific plays either, any splash plays. for. So I, I, like, I don't want to... I don't want to be hard on them, but where the Colts have given up the um, where the Colts have given up yards has been seemingly through the middle of the field in the passing game, whether it's through the slot receiver or the tight end. Yeah, and and this is a team like they got Kelsey, they got Juju, who's you know not elite, but he's a solid, solid player. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has two touchdown receptions this year, so he can do some things uh, in the middle of the field coming out of the backfield. So this is a team that is basically beat. You know, obviously losing Tyreek Hill hurts you. Anytime you lose a wide receiver of that caliber, it makes it difficult. But they've kind of not tried to replace him with any one player. They just got several guys who have very different skill sets. And so they have specific weapons who can beat you in specific ways. And you really just have no idea. Last year you knew, okay, they're going to go to Tyreek and they're going to go to Kelsey. This year, it's like, well, they got Kelsey, and then who knows what Patrick Mahomes is going to do on any given play because he could go anywhere. It's made them, I'm not going to say more dangerous, but differently dangerous. And he gets plenty of help, uh, Mahomes does, from his offensive line, which is uh, spearheaded by left tackle Orlando Brown. Very talented group. has only allowed the, f- allowed the third fewest sacks last year, only 28. As of this year, through two games, they've allowed one. One sack, that's it, through two games, as opposed to the Colts, who've allowed seven sacks in their two games. Uh, but uh, the Chiefs are also averaging nearly five yards per carry this season in the top 10 in the NFL. They don't run it all that much. I, th- I think they're averaging around 100 yards rushing per game, which is not in the top half of the league, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look real quick. I have it right in front of me. Ah, rushing yards. Yeah, 110 yards per game. They're 16th, so they're right there in the middle. Uh, they, they obviously want to pass more so than they want to run, but when they do run the ball, Chap, uh, they, they're effective running the ball, so it's not like you can just completely drop everyone back into coverage and key on Mahomes and hope that your front three or four can, can get pressure because with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the Chiefs have proven that if you're going to give them the run, they can run the ball. And that's what we were talking to a couple of defensive players this week. Yannick Ngakwe said, we're playing the run pretty well. 
Well, but but you're not playing the pass very well. And and one run did get away from it where Robinson went for 37 yards. So it's it's like I say, they're, they're, if this defense has a weakness overall or Sunday, Mahomes will find it. Chris Jones uh, anchors their defense, uh, defensive tackles, one of the best in the league. You talk about the best defensive tackles in the league, and Aaron Donald's up there. Uh, a lot of people here in Indianapolis will put DeForest Buckner there, rightfully so. And Chris Jones is in that discussion as well as one of the best in interior defensive tackles in the league, especially when you're talking about uh, getting into the backfield and disrupting people in the backfield. Um, the Chiefs, he, he has two sacks. Both came last week against the Chargers. Has 41 sacks over the last four seasons. So, Joe, the, the interior of the Colts offensive line is going to be put to work uh, yet again. And last week against Jacksonville, the interior really had some trouble. It was really the stunts and the twists uh, that, that gave them issues. But you have a guy who has the talent of Chris Jones. I mean, it, it's no step down from, from a Josh Allen that they just saw last week. It's just a guy at a different position. Yeah, I'm sure what they're going to do is put Chris Jones right over Danny Pinter and just let him go to work and basically force the Colts to double-team him. Um, because this is a team edge rushers aren't you know there's not really an edge rusher on this team that scares me they had the first round pick Carl Loftus out of Purdue who Woo! has a lot of Boiler talent up. Two, two. he has pressures but I don't think he has any sacks yet this year so the Colts um, you know if Pinter proves early that he's struggling with uh, Chris Jones they might have to just go ahead and double team and take their chances on the edges Carl Loftus a, a worker man he he just every play is is 100 percent and is is tough and that's that's I guess that's Purdue right there that's that's what uh, they produce and uh, we've seen it before in the past of guys who have made the NFL and, it, and it's the same same thing with him um, let's get to our keys to the game as the Colts get set to host the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday run the ball control the clock uh, Joe this is about as obvious as you can get if you want to yep. beat Patrick Mahomes don't give him the ball Exactly. And what I kind of did throughout this was just compare it to how they won in 2019, because I'm not sure how these teams want to play is all that different. The Colts outrushed Kansas City 180 to 36. They dominated time of possession, had the ball for over 37 minutes. Marlon Mack ran for 132 yards on 29 carries. Jonathan Taylor just needs to have a big day. He simply does. Week one, 35 touches, 175 yards and a touchdown. Last week against the Jags, just 10 touches for 63 yards, and we saw how that went. So this team is going to have to uh, go through Taylor, but they can only do that if they hit a few plays in the passing game. Chap, uh, Taylor is nothing if not well-rested, you would think, this week after only 10 touches last week. And I know that the Colts had fewer than 50 offensive plays, and Taylor got 10 touches there, but it just – the number only 10 touches for for your guy who's supposed to be your stud player especially with Michael Pittman Jr. out even with that limited uh size to be able to get him the ball just it it seems low it just did and and we saw the result what the offense could do or really couldn't do last week in Jacksonville with uh with that uh what's it called uh ratio I guess of touches well in in that's why one of the complaints after the game was Naheem Hines had six touches and 15 plays when you only have 48 or 50 plays, it's really difficult. And that's on the offense. You know, converts from third downs. Don't, you know, Des Patman, don't drop a third and whatever it was. Sustained drives, don't throw interceptions early. Or don't throw them at all. But it's on the Colts to, to, to if you're not going to dominate time of possession, then at least be in the ballpark in time of possession. And, and it, it, this isn't, you know, we're not 
you know, shattering atoms here. It's just this is how you have to be the team. When, when you're built, like Joe said, these guys have staked their reputations on this is how they want to build a team. Well, so then, then these are the games like Buffalo last year. Yep. This is what you do. Then you let your offensive line loose and let it control the line of scrimmage and throw when you want to throw. But, boy, when you when you really want to be effective, run the ball. And and don't have the stat that jumped out at me with, I think, Taylor's third in the league in rushing and 216 yards. On 40 of his carries, it's for 10 yards – or 10 of his carries, 10 of his 40 have been for no yards or a minus. That's 25% of his carries. I mean, that's so, – so you've got to have enough it, – it's really kind of crazy. You need enough efficiency so that he can have some bad carries, so he can sustain things, which, which again comes back to being at least somewhat competent in the passing game. You know, not, we're not talking airing the ball, you know, throwing down the field, mm-hmm. but hit the slant and, and hit, hit Paris Campbell on, the, on those shallow crosses. Uh, that, that's why if they get Pittman back in the game, it will help everything, but – to think they can can be as inefficient as they were last week and they can't and not run the ball, uh, it, it'll get ugly and the fans will really turn loose on Sunday. But they have the personnel and the blueprint to do it. But you got to carry it from practice, which we were told they had two of their best practices ever. I mean, it was crazy. And then they went out and played like that. But the blueprint again works. If you execute it. Right. And if you have zero yards or negative rushing yards by one of the best running backs in the NFL on 25% of your carries, that's not him falling down in the backfield. That's guys getting there. That's the offensive line not doing its job. What was the first half? Five carries for four yards? Five carries for four yards. That was it. The entire first half. It was nine for 54. He had two carries for 42 yards Mm -hmm. and seven carries for 12 yards. You just can't do that. He's too good of a player. He can take over a game. He can control things, but you got to give him a chance to do it. And it'd be nice to win at the line of scrimmage, Joe, which is your second key to the game. Yeah, kind of let us ride into that. The Colts opened r- holes in the running game against the Chiefs in 2019. They kept Brissett clean. He was sacked zero times. And he's gettable. It, he, he is. He's very yes. gettable, yeah. <laughs> I would not say he's any less gettable than Matt Ryan. They're probably about the same <laughs> level. Uh, on the other end, the Colts sacked Mahomes four times in 2019, and held Kansas City to 2.6 yards per carry. That's not the way they've been playing so far this year. They've allowed seven sacks, which is the fifth most. And these three sacks this season are the six fewest. Um, the Colts have done pretty good against the run, like we mentioned earlier. 2.7 yards per carry is actually second best in the NFL. But the Chiefs have Clive Edwards-Elair, who after a healthy offseason is averaging 7.7 yards per carry on his 15 runs. That's fourth best in the league. So winning at the line of scrimmage is going to be huge because Johnson Taylor is one of the best players in the NFL. But if you don't block for him, he can't do his thing. Yep. And then on the other side of the ball, I, I do think the Colts are a pretty good run defensive team. I think but with DeForest and Grover in the middle, Grover's the most uh, underrated player on the Colts' defense through the first two weeks of the season. I mean, he's, he's not been gonna, a stud. He has been. He's not going to get a lot of attention because – uh, he's uh, he's a nose tackle. It's not getting sacked. Exactly. So that's but, why. But, but he's 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 in there mucking things up and getting stuff. So he's in there on plays. So um, yeah, he and he had a shoulder injury, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, hopefully he's healthy. He was limited on Wednesday, and he'll probably be out there again today. But 
just certainly something to, to watch out for. Third key to the game, Joe, was limit Kansas City's big plays. Um, it, it would certainly help to, to make them drive down the field. You know, d- don't make it easy for Mahomes and give your defense at least more opportunities for a takeaway here and there. They were not able to execute on that in Jacksonville. Jacksonville did have to drive the ball down the field on them. They didn't really hit any big plays. But but again, uh, and, and you you shake your head at that. Like you, you let Jacksonville drive down the field on you to score 24 points. But uh, Kansas City, um, they, they have been able to hit the big play uh, more more often than not in the past. Uh, you, you just try to make them not do that here on your home turf. Yeah. Again, back to 2019, Mahomes' longest completion was just 31 yards. They did a really good job of that in that game last week. For the most part, the Chargers did a good job of limiting big plays from Mahomes, aside from a 41-yard touchdown to Justin Watson, but that was really it. And the result was they held Kansas City offense to just 20 points. Um, so that's how you need to play. you got to keep everything in front of you. Um, the Colts really make them take these long drives because that's your only option. Like I, I get they can still – they're capable of pulling off long drives and scoring these touchdowns, but that just gives you a chance to come up with some kind of play – rather than these 50-yard touchdowns, 60-yard touchdowns that we've seen Mahomes complete so many times. Chap, it's probably a bad thing that we're saying the Colts' defense needs more opportunities to, to make a big play. It's, it's unlike last year when they were second in the league in takeaways um, and in, in years past. Like, you look back to Matthew, uh, Freenis and Matthew, Freenis, ugh, Freeney and Mathis when uh, they, they didn't need that many opportunities to get after the quarterback. Well, th- this Colts' defense hasn't proven that it can, can either get sacks get big plays, turnovers in a few opportunities. So let, let, let's give him a few more opportunities, I guess, and maybe something goes well for him. Yeah, and, and one other key we can throw in there with Mahomes is, like a lot of these quarterbacks, is keep him in the pocket. He's really, he really, he just destroys defenses when he breaks containment and extends, but plays, winner plays over. It's like when you watch Kyler Murray the other day, When's the play supposed to be? Oh, they had that one where he he ran. Was it eighty nine yards on a two point conversion? Crazy, yeah. That's a, but that's what Mahomes does. Is he breaks down your your defense, and you can only. I don't care how good your secondary is. You can only cover. Yeah. So long. That's that's not that's not your fault if, no. if the quarterback is running eighty nine yards for a two point so, conversion. So you need to have In the secondary. It's not you your need to have fault. aggression by the by the front, but but containment as well. And once he gets outside the pocket. All bets are off, and he's, I tell you, he's going to win many more times outside the pocket against your defense than he will inside the pocket. You know, that tells me they're going to need a big week out of DeForest Buckner to show up and get some sacks for the first time this season because if you're trying to contain and Get keep to him, him early. In, yeah, mm-hmm. get to him early, get pressure uh, right up the middle in his face. I think Buckner, Buckner is going to be playing against a good interior against Kansas City. Trey Smith is fantastic. Creed Humphrey is a fantastic center. In that left guard, they got Joe Tooney, who is up there with uh, Quentin Nelson as far as the highest paid guards in the NFL. But Buckner's making a lot of money himself, and so they're going to need him to show up this week. As they say, those guys on scholarship too, you know? Uh, Yeah. And they're getting a lot of NIL money also. Oh, my goodness, quite a bit of it. Since 1951, Hancock Health has been centered around you. And now, as a member of the Mayo Clinic Care Network, our services are amplified by the world leader in medicine. We were selected by Mayo Clinic because of our commitment to caring for East Central Indiana. Now, our local experts are taking that commitment further by consulting with Mayo Clinic specialists and working together to make health possible. Learn more at HancockHealth.org slash Mayo Clinic.
Predictions for this week. FanDuel has the Colts, uh, not favored, excuse me. They are underdogs, five and a half points. They were six and a half earlier this week. My goodness. So the the line is crept over there. Uh, Crept, crept, crept. A little bit lower. Trying to, to get people to, to get on Colt there. Uh, over under at 50 and a half. So they're predicting some something uh, along the lines of a 27-22 ball game, 20, uh, 28-22 uh, for uh, FanDuel is for the Colts and the Chiefs this weekend. Um, or, or 49 to 3. Or 49 to 3. Well, we're talking about the, 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 the five and a half point. I, oh, I got Gosh, you. Okay. Jeff, I was going to do over, over under. Okay. Sakes alive. Your, your you negativity, your negativity like, oh. is not needed here from the guy over here who's predicted the Colts to lose the first two games of the season. So the only That's one right. This us. is prediction segment. This is Dave. Exactly. This is show. my segment. It's guy. not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I, I was really, really tempted to take the Colts this week. I really was. Just because... <sighs> Because everything says you shouldn't. Exactly. And that's the thing. Because games like this uh, crop up in the NFL. And the Colts' home opener, they better have some juice. Uh, some Darius Leonard, excuse me, Shaquille Leonard juice. Or, or else, like, what are you even doing out there? So I, I, I agree. Weirdly, I feel better it, about this game than I did going into Jacksonville. I feel better year. than the first two games, for sure. I felt horrible about the first two games. First one, just because it was the season opener. Colts can't win season opener last week in Jacksonville. I've seen too many games in Jacksonville to have any confidence in the Colts winning in Jacksonville. I just don't. And for obviously good reason. Um, but, but, but I can't do it. I can't bring myself to pick, uh, to pick this team over that team right now. Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they were able to win. But at the same time, I don't think that they can do it. I don't think that they have the juice right now. Um, I, don't think, I don't think Pitt's 100%. He certainly doesn't sound like it in the locker room. Leonard, I can't rely on anything from him, even though, again, it wouldn't surprise me if he comes out and he creates two turnovers. Um, If he's been practicing for three weeks and doing a lot of full practice, maybe he gets out there and is able to to be that same guy that that he always is. But but so much of what he does is based on instinct, and your instincts have just got to be a little warped right now after an just a hair slow exactly after an entire off season and uh, and and Shaq if you listen to this and you you can put me right up on your uh, on your bulletin board material there I, I I I'm not confident and if you do if you do I wouldn't be surprised if you don't I would think that would be more likely just just my logic tells me that. So we're, I'm, we're motivating Leonard right now. Exactly, I think that's doing my best. Stink. Yeah. I, I think your best football I, is behind. I'm going to pick. I'm going <laughs> to say thir- thirty to twenty, uh, Chiefs. Uh, so the Colts drop their home opener inside Lucas Oil Stadium. Chap, you'll go next. Joel, you wrap us up. Let's do it. I keep creeping closer, and I, and I, I, I there, there are you know every year you lose games you shouldn't, and and you win games that no one thought you'd win, and this is kind of one of those. But I can't go there. I've got thirty twenty four, and I had it. A bigger spread early, but I'm talking myself into the fact that the offensive line will play better, uh, at least to a high enough level where where Taylor's going to get. He'll be tired at the end of the game. He'll, he'll know he's been in the game, but too much has to go right. Too much has to go right for the Colts and the the, the Chiefs can do. I'm not saying the Chiefs can play 80 percent and win because they can't. T- teams are too close, but too much has to go right for the Colts. So I'm going 30-24 Mahomes. Obviously, I was joking when I was uh, saying Leonard stinks, but my attitude with this team is they stink until they show that they don't stink. They have stunk the first two weeks of this season. Now they're playing by far the best team they've seen all year. If Pittman plays and he's close to 100%, I think they have a chance. If he doesn't play, 
I do not think that they have a chance. I'm going to take the Chiefs to win 31-17. I do think Pittman plays, for the record. I just don't know how how good he'll be uh, if like he just, he just didn't sound confident. He didn't sound anything to be fair. He didn't just like, I, I'm not answering questions about the injury. I am. Um, so it's a great follow on Twitter. It's a group of NFL doctors, mm-hmm. um, Dr. Peter Chow and uh, from the Colts blue zone account. They, I kind of quote tweeted it. They had um, an article about Michael Pittman jr. And they said, there is a concern about Pittman's ability to accelerate off the line of scrimmage given his quad injury, although we do think he will suit up this week. So how explosive will he be is the question. Just being on the field will make a difference. Right, just yeah. be out there. Because when we saw what it was, when he wasn't. Yeah. And to, to the surprise of nobody in this room or really elsewhere. That'll wrap things up for this Colts Blue Zone podcast. You can watch the Colts and the Chiefs Sunday if you're in central Indiana on CBS4. Join us at 11.30 a.m. for the Colts Blue Zone pregame show as well. Uh, Joe and Mike will be back here on Monday to uh, wrap things up from that game, discuss takeaways, and, of course, we'll all three be back next Thursday to preview week four as the AFC South uh, race continues against the uh, the 0-2 Titans. Second place Colts. That's right. Number two. Here we go. Colts, Colts ahead of the Titans in the standings right now. That's all Jim Irsay wanted this offseason, right? Be ahead of the Titans. That's what he was saying. So we'll see what happens. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Mm-hmm.